0: This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 177, about Iron Fist, season 2, episode 3, This Deadly Secret. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to this episode of Defenders TV Podcast, episode 177, where we're talking about Iron Fist 203, This Deadly Secret. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. And unfortunately, Chris can't be with us for this particular episode. It does happen, unfortunately. Life gets in the way. Chris is moving house at the moment, so unfortunately can't join us for this particular podcast. Yes, Chris is off building his very own Conlon um, in Dublin, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but he will be back with us for a later episode, later on in the season. So we're going to talk about this episode in full spoiler-filled detail, obviously. And again, we are recording in advance of the episodes being released, so hopefully we're going to get some feedback in, which will drop in at the end of the episode. But at the moment... It, we're watching it ahead of time so we don't actually know what the reaction of most people is to the season, but we've been enjoying the second season of Iron Fist so far.
1: Yes, uh, really enjoying the the pacing on this, loving the vibe. Um, yeah, that centering of the dojo and colleen and danny's life around chinatown i think has really really worked to be honest mm-hmm. um i'm really enjoying that so we really want to hear your thoughts on this so you can get in contact with us over on our website at defenderstvpodcast.com uh, you can leave uh, an email at feedback at defenderstvpodcast.com join our facebook group over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Defenders TV podcast, and you can leave voicemail on our website, up to 90 seconds of your thoughts. And we really look forward to hearing your views, thoughts, discussion points on all things to do with season two i I'm
0: Fist. Absolutely. And if you want to make sure that you get our episodes as they come out, you can subscribe over on the website, as John said, on DefendersTVpodcast.com on any good or evil podcast catcher.
1: Yeah, I think with that, let's get on with the episode details. Derek.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you have for us? Yeah, as we've been talking about on the previous episodes this title for this episode, This Deadly Secret was also taken from a comic book it was taken from issue number 99 of Paramount and Iron Fist, which is an issue from 1993, written by Kurt Busiek Um, and along with the main cast of Danny, Colleen, Misty and Luke this issue featured appearances from some major characters that we've seen in some of the TV shows before, it had Raphael Scarf in there had DW, one of your favourite characters DW Griffith in the comic books and had Shades in there as well, and Comanche so lots of characters that we've seen over on Luke K Unfortunately, if this was an adaptation of that book, some of those characters aren't alive anymore to be able to appear in the episode.
1: Yes, they won't be able to feature in any crossover because they have literally in Luke Cage... Crossed
0: over Mm -hmm. to the other side. Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. But on with the rest of the episode details. This episode was written by Tatiana Suarez-Pico. She was a staff writer on the show Parenthood and also wrote an episode of the show A Series of Unfortunate Events, a TV show on Netflix as well. But this is her first time over in the Marvel Universe as well. So welcome on board, Tatiana. And the episode was directed by Tao Fraser. Uh, He has directed a fair few great TV shows, including an episode of Penny Dreadful, John. I love that show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that show.
1: It's now gone. It's three seasons. I would definitely recommend if you love all those creatures from the Victorian period, vampires, werewolves, Frankenstein, then definitely check out Penny Dreadful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really good
0: TV show, uh, highly recommended from me. Yeah, and they've tapped a few directors from uh, from Penny Dreadful for a couple of the Marvel shows in the past. Uh, Tao is also confirmed as a director for an episode of Daredevil season three, which hopefully will be coming up later this year as well. So, excellent, yeah, excellent stuff. John, do you want to tell us what that gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. With seemingly no
1: end in sight to the gang warfare in Chinatown, Danny Rand's promise to Matt Murdock to protect his city leaves him increasingly absent from the dojo. Colleen worries about the state of Danny's mind following the destruction of Kunlun and Midland Circle. Meanwhile, Ward Meacham's state of mind fares no better, as he tries to discover who informed his sister, Joy, that he is in recovery. Still unsettled, Ward goes to talk to Danny, where he tells him that Davos and Joy are partners, and Ward suggests a dinner invite to the dojo so they can learn more about this unexpected relationship. As dinner time arrives, an awkwardness descends over the table, and Ward is nowhere to be seen. With meatballs being pushed around the plates, Colleen calls out the pretense that exists between these former friends, and as grievances are erred, the tension is ramped up as Joy learns that the idea came from Ward himself. Davos and Joy leave the tent's dinner, but only after Davos spots the surveillance photos of Danny Rand, and they both head to confront a familiar face with a different demeanour, who they have commissioned to track Danny Rand. With Davos and Joy gone, Colleen and Danny go to protect Mrs. Yang at the parley. As they arrive, there is no sign of her husband, Mr. Yang.
0: Yeah, definitely keeping the fate of Mr. Yang from the end of Episode 2 under wraps in this episode. We don't see much about him at all. We just know that he's kind of off the table. Uh, They don't mention whether he's dead or alive.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I kind of assumed that that move that Davos made kind of effectively exploded his heart or yeah. something yeah. like that so um yeah it's interesting i'm still kind of assuming he's dead to be honest but mm-hmm. uh, maybe he's not because we haven't really had any confirmation of that um, i think mrs yang really just refers to the fact that he can't make it uh but you know, obviously maybe trying to protect uh the strength uh of the Hatchet Gang.
0: Yes, yeah, I think she's trying to put some pieces into place. I think she says that he had to go away on business is what the way she's covering it up anyway. So perhaps she's just hiding this fact until people have accepted her as the leader of the Hatchet Gang now. But very interesting because the character went from being effectively a card-playing elite woman of much riches to possibly the new leader of the Hatcher Gang over the course of, you know, one episode. So quite interesting.
1: Yeah, it'd be really cool. I think, uh, though, let's get into our top five points, our spoiler-filled five points. Mm -hmm. And our first point is the spirit of Matt Murdock. It still hangs heavy, really, here over uh, Danny Rand. Um, And it's kind of really interesting because it's almost like we just see a few little chinks between... Uh, Colleen and Danny and I don't mean that that is going to sort of spell the end uh, to them but it's kind of realistic points of friction between these two people that are a couple uh, because she's waking up alone he is coming in very early in the morning Mm -hmm. and you know covered in blood and she's really trying to ask him you know are you okay because you're not spending time at the dojo you're not sleeping you're going out you're using this um, Iron Fist. I mean, I think she goes, how many times did you light it up? Yeah. You know, and I think there's a real worry from Colleen that, you know, what is Danny's kind of mindset at this moment in time, mm-hmm. given what Matt Murdoch asked him to do, given the arrival of Davos back into his life and joy, uh, plus then um, the Midland Circle destruction as well. So there's a lot playing on Danny's mind here. And, You know, it does lead to an awkwardness between Danny and Colleen where he tries to deflect. I really liked how this big event from Defenders, you know, is still leaking into Iron Fist Season 2 here Uh and between Danny and Colleen. So this was uh, was really good, I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah. And as we talked about on Luke Cage, it's nice to see these kind of pieces from defenders bleeding into this new season um it didn't really happen that much in in jessica jones there was a very different storyline on there with hardly any connection at all to the defenders but it's a really important moment matt murdoch telling danny to protect his city and danny taking that on board as his new purpose now that he's lost kundon and as we mentioned last episode he's also lost his big enemy the hand are gone as well so as colleen calls out here what is he supposed to do as the immortal Iron Fist, sworn protector of Kun Lun and Defender against the hand, when two of those things are gone. He's just now the immortal Iron Fist and that's it, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting, I think, as well. You know, Jessica Jones season two really did seem to want to put that break between the Defenders and season two of jessica jones Mm -hmm. Uh, and any reference to midland circle it was like you know i want to get as as far away as possible from that you know i don't want to be this superhero ultimately Uh, here and a bit like with luke cage you know this stuff is permeating into the storylines in different ways and I, i quite like um, how that is being done and i think you would expect definitely that iron fist given that he was so central to the defenders and the plans of the hand would have this sort of greater connection i think yeah. to uh the defenders uh really really good uh, but i think colleen has her own little thing going on here at the moment and mm. you know that's moving along pretty slowly yeah. here. this investigation uh, into frank Choi's shop and, and this uh, box with the comb and the brush from her childhood Mm -hmm. um we're seeing reference to this in each of the episodes but at the moment it's not really moving along very quickly and there's an air of mystery still around frank Choi. where is he Mm -hmm. um and what this box is all about with that inlay of the colleen wing family crest yeah And it's really intriguing, and I'm kind of wishing they would move it along a bit more because I really want to see what this is all about, really. Um, But I do like the fact that, you know, we see her breaking and entering into uh, Frank Choi's shop um, where she's followed by BB as Mm -hmm. well. So, again, this connection to this younger gang filled with sort of teenagers uh, who are trying to push in Um, and a little bit of a
0: a rapport beginning to be built up here with BB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, money talks, as Phoebe said. Yeah, absolutely. Says. Uh, yeah no, it's quite interesting. We see Colleen obviously reaching out again to him, trying to tell him, you know, we have ways of helping you. This is what I do in my normal life, is is setting kids up like you with jobs and food and accommodation and come next time you're following me follow me to this place where we can help you out kind of thing but yeah John much like you're saying about this idea of Colleen's investigation I'm wondering is there something behind it it does seem to be going a bit slower and I'm wondering is it because she's a bit scared of what she might find so she's not following the leads as quickly without a little push from Danny into looking into it and um, it feels like she's kind of going to Danny he's fighting this stuff and she doesn't want to get into something that will t- that will consume her mind because she's got so much other stuff on and she's also trying to protect Danny so is she going to be going down the same kind of path as Danny if she investigates this thing too far? Yeah she's
1: frightened as to what she might find or maybe she has an inkling as to what it could be. It could be. Yeah, yeah. and right. and what she might find, and how that will impact her, and maybe she doesn't really want to uh, continue down that path. Yeah, um, and so she's doing it very tentatively. However, we do see her here find a fairly big clue for her, and about maybe what's happened to Frank Troy maybe. in the form of this ledger. Yeah, um, so that's kind of sellotaped to the underneath of, of his throne.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of his favorite chair. That's yeah. right. But she can't translate it as we as we hear. So it's a very it's a clue we think and she thinks, but we don't see what it is and where it's going. So again, this stuff isn't on the screen about whether she's scared about what she might find, but it feels like there's something there that may come out later, later on in some of the other episodes because she does feel a little bit resistant or a little bit slow in following up uh, these moments. But when she does, when she follows them up, she goes. Hell for leather at it. She breaks into the shop of Frank Choi. You know that is uh, that is a big big move yeah. uh, from Colleen. So um, so interesting. It's something that we need to keep an eye on for the future episodes.
1: Yeah, I still think it's a bit mother Craney, to be honest with that uh, <laughs> sigil or that that family uh, emblem uh, there. So I'm still holding to that theory anyway. Cool. But on to point two. Yes, the recovery of Ward
0: Meacham. Yeah. Kind of recovery. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say, once again, a fantastic scene uh, from Ward Meacham uh, as he sits in the circle of recovery, telling everyone around him that they're a-holes and giving them the finger. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a great moment where he's really realized that someone in that group has spoiled the idea that he's in recovery and he's going through this pain uh, for his sister, he's he's effectively been keeping this back, hopefully to get to a point of recovery where he's able to apologize to Joy for everything that he's done to her over the years because of his pain and because of the things he's gone through. That he's going to seek recovery out, but that's been taken away from him by somebody in the group telling her it's what he believes. So it could be anything. She could she could be having him followed. Um, we see that she's done that in this episode with Danny. So, yep. uh, possibly he—that's how it's been found out. But he's calling out every other member of the group as being <laughs> somebody that could have turned him in.
1: Do you trust his sponsor? I mean, I kind of feel that she seems pretty genuine, actually, mm-hmm. and I—I'm I, not convinced that maybe she has snitched on him or maybe fed information to joy directly or to someone maybe that joy has tracking ward but mm-hmm. um i i still think she's quite genuine and i think we see that towards the end as well where uh, he goes to his sponsor you know she seems like she wants to help him and you know that this situation with his sister is toxic and if he doesn't deal with it he's not going to be able to have um a decent relationship with um, anyone ever again? Yeah, like it, it's really eating at him. So I kind of I trust his sponsor, um, but I just wonder, you know, whether ultimately I will get burnt on that.
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because with TV shows like this, there is always that thing where you're looking at every character going, "Can I trust that person? Can I trust that person?" And that's kind of playing into what they're doing with Ward in this episode. He doesn't know whether you can trust these people. He's only just met them in recovery, but in the real world narcotics anonymous this whole 12-step program or 10-step program that we hear about in alcoholics anonymous and narcotics anonymous one of those steps is you taking ownership and apologizing to the people that you've hurt it is your your responsibility as the person going through this treatment or this recovery so the idea that she would take that step away from him Yeah, because it is a step that you're supposed to go through yourself. The idea that she would take that away from him feels wrong. It feels like something that wouldn't happen in the real world unless she's an absolutely terrible sponsor, which I suppose by sleeping with Ward, she's not that great of a sponsor. (laughs) He is going through recovery and she's given him a completely different way around it or a way to avoid going through the recovery. So I'm not sure. I know what you mean. And, And yeah, there's definitely a question over her. But I do love that we see. That wonderful hair reward at play in this episode <laughs> when he's calling out everybody in the room uh, for possibly betraying him. You see that ward hair where it's all completely a bit of a mess because he's going through problems <laughs>
1: yeah he's he's looking pretty rough here in mm-hmm. this episode and i think the her definitely gives it away and yeah. um, like after confronting his recovery group uh, in narcotics anonymous or alcoholics anonymous mm-hmm. uh, he heads over to the dojo to talk uh, through these issues that he has with danny this is a really nice moment because obviously in season one you know it was ward and danny that were at one another yeah and it it changed around by the end of season 1 and and has continued here through uh, into season 2 and of course it's at the opposite for Joy and Danny mm-hmm. really and I'm I really like how uh, you know they're talking through these issues but what results from this is that he reveals or he at least exposes this sort of slightly unexpected, slightly odd relationship or partnership that Davos and Joy have, that they're working together. This is a nice moment where the suspicion uh, begins to really catch up with Danny Rand. I think you see it in his face here as they're talking this through, and this is where the great dinner plan uh, is hatched between (laughs) these two, uh, which ultimately does lead to, I think, one of my favourite points in
0: this episode. Oh, definitely, definitely. This is the dinner with David or Davos or... Davos is it something like that <laughs> yeah. you mean Davos uh, I love that he's being called David by everybody yeah, in New York is he going to rename himself that is this was this possibly a thing from comic books that when Davos went into hiding he used another personality called David at some point <laughs> is this a reference like that I'm missing <laughs> from the comics but it is quite interesting seeing Ward and Danny interact in this way again and seeing their friendship you know they have a bit of a, a bit of a joke with each other and it's nice to see the two of them reacting that way to each other after what we saw in season one where they were at each other's throats for the beginning of the season so it's nice to see that going on but yeah we do see that this dinner does take place but ward doesn't attend because again we're seeing how broken a man he is that he can't stand up for the things that he's done in the past and he doesn't want to face up to them so as you say his sponsor telling him that if he doesn't fix this relationship with his sister then that's it he'll never be able to fix anything again so hopefully he does because we like Ward.
1: Absolutely. I think another little aside here is in in terms of Joy and Davos, you know, we do see Joy talking with Sophia Rios. It further sort of opens up more of what Joy is trying to do here, where she's trying to partner with Sophia Rios, who's an ex-Rand R&D person, so that She can work with her Mm. on some of the divested patents that she's gotten uh, in this portfolio. Yeah. Uh, So this is, this is kind of a nice little uh, side as well. You see something a bit more, uh, you know, is this to compete directly with Rand enterprises? You know, these patents we heard in the last episode that ward is really suspicious that yes some of these patents are absolute trash but mm-hmm. within those we need to go sift through them because there could be something that is trying to be hidden by by joy here oh, so definitely yeah. yeah this is this is a nice little development here just on, on this side yeah. yeah
0: and i know We don't know anything about the patent that she's talking about. There's one specific patent that she says that she's taken and that it will change the world economy when it's implemented because she believes that Sophia can get this done. She says there's a warehouse out there that's ready and waiting to manufacture whatever this thing is, but we don't know much about it. So it's just, again, something to keep an eye on for Joy's story is what exactly it is that she's creating. So that's going to be quite interesting to see. Uh, Good aside, though, John. But if you do want to know what it is, you have to sign an NDA, apparently.
1: Apparently because <laughs> we have dinner at the dojo. Yes. Point three. Point three. Yes. Um, th- this was fantastic for me. I loved so many different aspects of it. I mean, just the general level of tension and <laughs> awkward glances. So good. Um, you know, between Davos and Colleen, between Colleen and Joy, between Danny and, and Joy. It was just fantastic to mm-hmm. see this. Where Joy is being a little bit snidey with Colleen, who, who's in the kitchen preparing the meal. Danny's out back with Davos. grilling the meatballs over a barbecue. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I love the fact that we see the spaghetti trick and does it stick and, and like, Joy's kind of, what's all that about? And then she goes, I wouldn't take you for the domestic type. As Colleen goes, I'm not, and does a real nifty flick of the knife Mm -hmm. and, and sticks it into the chopping board. I love the fact that Colleen is just so strong yeah. She's such a strong personality because she challenges everything she won't let things uh, go when she's effectively being sort of uh, put down by joy here mm-hmm. uh, i mean you don't even know that the compliments that joy gives when she comes into the dojo that she means them mm-hmm. that it's in any way sincere um so this whole um evening dinner uh, and the awkwardness that it throws up um is just fantastic for me. I, I loved it. I really, really did like it.
0: It's really good fun, isn't it? Because effectively, Joy's trying to fill silence that's in the room. There's yeah. that silence of they arrive in, they shake hands, they give each other kisses and say welcome, and then nothing is said by anybody until Joy, with her hilarious moment, going, your place is great. It's a great neighborhood, really. I don't ever come this far east, which just sounds so offensive to Chinatown at all. You know, yeah. uh, Colleen takes it instantly. I love Colleen talking to Danny later on, going, if she makes one more domestic crack about me, I'm going to deck her. <laughs> yeah. She's not uh, making friends with Colleen at all. But Colleen is the one that actually kind of changes the vibe in the room when she kind of says to everybody, look, let's drop all this crap and talk about our real feelings here. That's the only reason Danny's invited you over is to see if we can salvage the relationship between the four of us and all of us need to talk about our issues, put them on the table and it doesn't go well at all.
1: No, not at all. I mean, in, in fairness, you know, I agree. It's what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Colleen has absolutely the, the right way forward here because everyone is tiptoeing around that elephant in the room yeah but i think ultimately you know danny does get a bit of um a bit of truth from joy it, it is a really interesting uh, notion and i i'm still not entirely sure whether i've bought into it i can get the fact that joy is angry at uh, ward and danny for mm-hmm. keeping what they did secret from her however Is it not actually her father's fault, you know, fundamentally, uh, in that he told Ward never to tell Joy, Mm -hmm. at least not until he was ready or it was the right time? And obviously, Danny didn't know about it until he had arrived back in, in, in town. So I do understand Joy's anger at the two of them i'm not entirely sure i fully understand the depth of that anger to the point where maybe she's looking to destroy their life but then you know she really did get a rough end uh, of the deal with um harold meacham in, yeah. in season one so there's just sometimes i get a little niggle as to why the depth of her anger is so focused
0: on, on these two when i think it's ultimately her father's fault yeah i understand that but actually i don't think that they were ever given the chance to explain to her exactly what they meant and i like that joy isn't saying i hate you danny here she's covering it up slightly she's saying i hate everything that happened since you came back in my life danny is kind of yeah. way no, it, saying. No,
1: that's a good way of yeah of yeah. describing it, definitely.
0: But I think I do think Ward is a little bit more at fault than Danny because he kept the whole thing secret for fifteen years. Oh, and absolutely, and that's yeah. what drove him to the drugs, and that's what drove him into this situation because his father still had control of the company and just working through Ward the whole time. Effectively, every big decision that was made in the company was actually made by the father, not by Ward. And fellow defenders, if you don't remember exactly what it was that was said in season one, what was said to her father was. If anybody else finds out about this other than Ward, we will kill them. So when Danny says to Joy that we were trying to protect you and she says, well, I can protect myself. Well, actually, the full force of the hand would have come down and killed her if they had told her about it. That's what the threat was to Harold and Ward Meacham.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I can definitely see why she is angry. I can see why she is doing what she's doing, maybe partnering with with Davos. Although I think their explanation to Colleen and and, uh, Danny in the dojo is so sketchy, this idea that they bumped into one another in Paris. You Mm -hmm. know, he heard Madame Meacham wafting over the air around a a Parisian cafe. Mm -hmm. Um, It just feels so sketchy. And I mean, I don't expect that Colleen and Danny believe a word of it. So, you know... With all this awkwardness, with all this tension of the past, there is also that suspicion um, of the, the present, the the current moment around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And I just think it is played out so, so nicely. Uh, but ultimately, Davos is the one to crack first with, with all this pretense where he has to kind of go uh, and just get out of the room. And he mm-hmm. goes to the... The bathroom and on his way back he sees this bunch of photographs that have been put underneath the
0: door earlier in the day by mary mm-hmm. yeah yeah these surveillance photographs so he instantly knows what those are about we'll talk about that in, in just a second and um, it's interesting that davos has the first crack at colleen as well he criticizes her for the fact that she didn't take the opportunity to kill bakuto the former hand member that was her uh, former teacher he gives another crack at her again slagging off the fact that she was a member of the hand and didn't know it and he believes that that's not true so once again davos and colleen cannot fix this issue um but then we also see that the relationship breaks down completely between joy and danny again when danny kind of stupidly i think when she was about to leave says This was actually all Ward's idea, and he's going to be here in a minute. It's like, oh no, hang on a second. You mean you conspired together once again to pull the wool over Joy's eyes? You know, it's like another little knife that Danny doesn't mean to push into her, but does. It's Um, not really the best thing. I mean,
1: ultimately. I actually thought with Ward not turning up because he's in such a mess Mm is that they dodged a bullet. And Danny, I mean, it's kind of just a little stupid, really. Um, It's like, why did you just do that? They were leaving anyway. There was absolutely no point because it does just inflame the situation. Mm -hmm. And I love how Joy comes across as so angry. And this is just another uh, nail in that coffin. Yeah. uh, Furthering her motivation to carry out this plan so i uh, really really good uh, and it, it has that real implication because i think moving on to point four you know these photos that caused davos to really kind of go we need to get out of here they're onto something mm-hmm. because these photos w- were commissioned by joy and davos for a miss walker yes uh, who is uh Tracking and doing surveillance on Danny Rand, yeah um and of course, I love it because you know we see this different side of mary yes. um Mary and Miss Walker, these two people um within the same body, and I just I think what goes down in mary's apartment is just fantastic, where this other side of her, this other person that she becomes through the dissociative disorder mm-hmm. stands up to Davos in such a good way with the two katanas oh, yeah. um around his neck and um, where she's like I'll sort this. You know, she is this is the confident uh, side of her and um, the person that is highly skilled, highly trained doing what she's doing. Um, whereas the other Murray who put these photos under the door at the dojo, you know, Danny runs after her, is kind of a bit more bumbling. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, more nervous, more skittish. Um, here we see someone who is very calm, very collected, despite being challenged by both Joy and Davos, yeah. says, I'm still in control. This can be um, rectified. There isn't an issue. You know, maybe and um, miss walker needed to leave a few more
0: post-it notes to mary maybe maybe i love that there's this internal conflict between the, the mary and walker side and also can i just say i'm so happy they made this choice of it not being a mystery who walker was for more than this episode that it was mentioned at the start by mary that walker is the one taking these photographs and at the end of the episode you find out that walker is mary walker because in the comic books the character of Typhoid Mary is Mary Walker. So yeah. we knew, I think you even actually said it yeah. by mistake in the first episode, you said her name was Mary Walker, because that's the character name. That's, that's yeah. the title of the character. So I'm glad it wasn't kept as something that it was a mystery for an episode even, because it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to no, be. No, exactly. Absolutely.
1: But yes, the the like, mystery just has to be with Colleen uh, and, Danny and Danny as exactly. to this Mary in their life. Yeah. At the moment, they have not met miss walker yeah um and certainly not that they know there may have been a moment where miss walker came out in the dojo uh but the running water soon put paid to to that so yeah i mean that's where the mystery needs to be and the audience
0: needs to be viewing that uh for sure exactly exactly one other thing i really liked about this scene in mary's apartment uh where we have davos striking back against mary after he gets the katanas to her neck and you just see a reaction from joy once again kind of that moment of realization of how aggressive davos can be yeah um it's it feels like she's partnered with davos she knows what his goal is and she's joining him on that path but there are those flashes with him of the kind of violent nature that he has underneath the surface where joy's not in control of davos they are partnering together that whole pretense that was there at the dinner for example that didn't last very long joy tried to make it so that danny would think they were all friends and then would stop investigating that was the whole purpose on her side of going to the dinner but davos couldn't hold up that pretense for more than about 15 minutes 20 minutes yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely davos absolutely was his fanatical heart on his sleeve mm-hmm. uh, he finds it really tough to hide his truth uh, and his feelings here yeah um
0: so yeah I mean, Joy has a lot of management to do with that guy, to be honest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But that's it for the different side of Mary. Um, I, again, have to say Alice Eve is playing a great role oh, here. Oh, fantastic. The two completely different characters that we see from the start and end of this episode. So hopefully we're going to get to see a lot more of Typhoid Mary in the rest of the season. Really cool, really cool. Uh, let's get on to our final point. Point number five, the dragon's baton or Mrs. Yang's parlay. Yeah, um, I'm really
1: liking Mrs. Yang. Hmm. I love her bringing Danny and Colleen in to accompany her, to protect her uh, during this parlay with the Golden Tigers and the other triad gang. I I just think it's really, really good. I like the fact that she has stepped into her husband's role here. You know, she shows this dragon's baton, which is the symbol of power within the hatchet's triad. And I thought it was really, really good. Um, and I loved her use of the the hairpin as well, oh, right, right at yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, again, there's a, there's a little bit of mystery as to, you know, where is Mr. Yang? Mm-hmm. Is he dead? Is he trying to recover? Has he gone to Hong Kong? To what extent was that technique by Davos, you know, mortal um, and deadly? I hope he isn't taken off the table because I really like how bringing Danny and Colleen into this underworld and, and so personal, you know, they are there to protect the hatchet, the leader of the hatchet gang. Um And it really feels almost on a par with Luke Cage suddenly being the head honcho in Harlem. They're, right. You know, they're not afraid like say Matt Murdoch to associate with people Who are actually part of the problem. They're they're trying to fix it to some extent within, or they have some moderating influence on it. And I like that kind of relationship because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, in this case, Danny has been able to. Uh, get them to parlay but of course it all kind of goes sideways very quickly when they seem to see some action outside that looks like there is a trap being sprung by the golden tigers
0: yeah yeah it's a really interesting one isn't it because we don't actually see what that was what that trap was we see that danny sees something outside he questions a couple of the golden tigers with his fists um, but <laughs> yeah, none, but none of them tell him anything uh, none of them tell him that it was them that set something up that this was supposed to take down mrs yang and mrs yang is spirited away by by Colleen, I suppose. It's also quite interesting that Danny has his his mask, has his, uh, his Iron Fist costume on as such. What I find interesting about that is because Mrs. Yang pulled up beside Danny and Colleen in the street and says to him, I know who you are, I know what you can do, so do the golden tigers. Can you accompany me to the parlay as my security at the parlay because of what you can do? And he puts the outfit on. (laughs) It kind of feels like, well, if they all know who you are, why are you wearing the face mask? Danny? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Colleen isn't, you
1: know, Um, she's the one that's kind of exposing herself the most, but I I do think it it was a nice touch. Yeah. I love seeing the, the, the yellow mask sort of the Mm -hmm. inverted yellow mask, I suppose. Um, I love the fact that when she turns up as well, uh, one of the golden tigers goes weapons please and she goes he is the weapon mm-hmm. uh, really nice touch um and i i love with the parlay being broken um great uppercut to the table using the iron fist from danny that was a nice little touch yeah, yeah. Um but i i love the fact here that mrs yang effectively comes to uh help colleen who ha- has been knocked to the floor by one of the golden tigers as she's trying to get mrs yang to safety uh that you know she steps up to the plate to protect colleen uh, with this hairpin to the eye of the tiger i suppose <laughs> nice uh, yeah um but one of the things i think we discussed after the the episode was mm. it felt a little weird that colleen was being beaten here by this this guy and um, like she was taken down too easily. That I think we both kind of thought that she would be able to kind of deal with this guy, this one guy. Uh, but ultimately, he seems to get the
0: better of her. I kind of hoped that in a scene like that, you'd have Colleen and Mrs. Yang being followed by two guys. While Colleen's taking out one guy, then Mrs. Yang is putting the hairpin in the eye of the other guy. It just felt a bit off that Colleen would be taken down by an underling the way she is, because we've seen her being quite an exceptional fighter in many seasons so far. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So it felt like you could probably have done... Two guys chasing them down, and while Colleen's being distracted, beating up one of them, then Mrs. Yang takes out the other one, so when Colleen knocks out the one that's been chasing her and knocks him to the floor, she sees that Mrs. Yang can take care of herself, you know? But this feels like they've depowered Colleen almost somehow.
1: Yeah, it it did. And I mean, I was then trying to rationalize, well, you know, maybe why was that? And I just thought, you know, she's tried not to get involved with fighting with helping Danny. So maybe she's just slightly out of practice Mm. or, you know, she caught off balance. I'm glad that she was helped by Mrs. Yang. And again, I think for me, I'm really enjoying Mrs. Yang. I think she's been played really, really cool. And I love how the treatment of some of these minor characters who are essential to the plot or to uh, some of the 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 larger characters in the series you mm-hmm. know it, it's even like ward sponsor i'm really enjoying her in that role i think yeah, she huh. adds a lot towards dynamic and and so it i think it is absolute testament to this casting uh, that you get such a great little scene yeah i was i was more than happy that mrs yang uh, took her hairpin uh, and took out the Golden
0: Tiger. Mm-hmm. Pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Uh, that's the end of our top five points for this episode. I don't think I have any notes about the episode. I think we've talked about everything that I wanted to talk about. Is there any notes that you have, Yeah,
1: John? I just have one. I loved the two different coloured eyes of Mary mm-hmm. Walker. Uh, one blue, one green. Uh, during that standoff with Davos, you get this close-up of her face. And that is a neat little touch uh, just to, again, further highlight this dual personality of Mary
0: Walker. Um, so that was a nice little touch. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like David Bowie. That is, that is Absolutely. Had his two different colored eyes, didn't he? Uh, very cool. Yeah, nice touch. Do you know what I remembered while I was editing the first two episodes of uh, of Iron Fist? We never actually mentioned that there has been a slight change to the opening titles. We used to talk about the opening titles for about 15 minutes at the start of these shows. The only change this time, this season. They've kept the music and they've kept the style, but they have changed the opening titles to have the green of Iron Fist over the names of the cast members and that kind of stuff. Uh, when I went back and looked at season one, I did notice that the titles were kind of a grey colour, they weren't, they weren't very vibrant, and it feels like they just made this very minor change and made them a bit more vibrant for yeah. season two. But just that we didn't mention this, just in case anybody's wondering why the titles look slightly different from last season, that's all it was.
1: Cool, well on to the defence. Derek, mm-hmm. do you defend this
0: episode of Iron Fist? I definitely defend this episode. This has been a really good one. This moment, again, I think we've talked about it in a couple of other reviews of TV shows that we've talked about. Putting some of your major characters in a room and making them hash out their problems is always a great thing for me. (laughs) Um, Having Ward do that with a new character while everything else is going on with Danny and Joy and Colleen and Davos, it always makes for a really exciting, interesting show to have those moments where you have them all kind of lay everything on the table And criticize each other. And this is no exception. This is really good. And once again. Third episode in a row now. We've had another big fight sequence. Including Danny Rand. Showing how much this fight choreography has been done for this show. You know. No comic goes by really. in Iron Fist's. Run for 20 or 30 years where there's no fight in there. So I'm glad they brought that into the TV show as well. So uh, overall, another great episode of Iron Fist and some very intriguing mysteries to get onto for the next episode. So overall, yep, yeah, definitely defend this one. John, do you defend episode 203 of Iron Fist, this deadly secret? I do defend this episode. Um,
1: I would give this four awkward meatballs out of five. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I loved how this builds. I I think for me, the absolute um, cherry on top of this episode is the dinner between Colleen, Danny joy and davos Mm -hmm. i loved um that the absolute tension you could cut it with a knife i I love that murray and her relationship now with joy and davos has been exposed Mm -hmm. and which murray are we going to get moving forward in into the next few episodes you know are we going to get the the timid sort of slightly bumbling murray or are we going to get the seemingly more confident more ice cool and certainly more Proficient with a weapon, uh this Miss Walker mm-hmm. that has been hired by by Joy and Davos. I really liked the parlay. I like that it went south very quickly, and hopefully, we'll see what comes out of that as well. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's really uh setting stuff up. I think maybe there was an element where it started slightly slowly, and I really want to see how this childhood heirloom, this box that was dropped uh, at the community center where Colleen works how that's going to feature it feels like that is rumbling along quite slowly mm-hmm. um but seemingly to me i've got this impression that it's going to be absolutely monumental to this story for some reason okay and I'm, i might be completely wrong so i really want to see how that pushes along uh, for sure and yeah i just thought this was a really solid good episode of iron fist it's really um being nicely paced as well i'm liking this pacing as well
0: yeah yeah genuinely really really good and john question would you ever barbecue meatballs no that's it seemed like a really weird one especially when davos looks at them and goes what are these and why are you cooking (laughs) them like that is this how everybody cooks them and danny goes uh, well that's how i do it i wonder if it's because danny's brand new to new york and doesn't know how you cook meatballs is that, is that what happens maybe <laughs> i also don't really chuck spaghetti around the room and see if it sticks to walls no. it's quite interesting isn't it we saw a cookery show quite recently where one of the contestants on the show did that and all of the professional chefs in the room went what is she doing just like joey did even though you have Colleen protesting that this is something that all professional chefs do. It's just quite interesting that that was something that we we just seen quite recently on another show. Anyway... That's it for this episode of Iron Fist. Hopefully we'll have some feedback to drop in just here. But if you want to send in any feedback to us, just email us at feedback at Pop on over to our website, leave us a voicemail at Defenderstvpodcast.com. Click the send voicemail button and it'll allow you to record up to 90 seconds of your thoughts. Or you can pop over to our Facebook group where we're putting up spoiler posts for each of the episodes of Iron Fist. Just go into the episode that you want to talk about, leave the feedback there. And that's over at facebook.com slash groups slash Defenderstvpodcast. Podcast.
1: We have our first bit of feedback uh, from Ray over on our Facebook group. Yes, for episode two. Ray goes, Just finished episode two. I'm really liking how Mary is being developed. I had a few fears she would both be portrayed and written poorly, but Alice Eve does a good job at the tortured Mary. Davos is looking more and more deadly with his sleight of hand at Mr. Yang. And the fight to face Xiao Lao between Danny and Davos was superb. There's no gladiatorial arena like in the comics, but the ritual had weight which gave it significance. Finally, that yellow ceremonial mask looks sick on Danny. I hope we see him regain the garb in present day. Thank you, Ray, for that feedback. Yeah, I really hope uh, that ceremonial mask is used in the present by Danny. I thought it looked really good on both of them. And yeah, the setting for that fight to face Xiao Lao, uh
0: was pure epicness. Yeah, that fight was absolutely fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. And it's such an epic moment. Great from the comics uh, to, take, to take that battle between these two characters and bring it into, into the TV show. As we said, something that we wanted to see all the way back in season one and really glad to get to see it on screen in this season. Thanks so much for that feedback, Ray. And for any of our listeners who don't know, Ray is a member of the collective like ourselves. a bunch of podcasts about comic books. Uh, Ray runs a podcast about Moon Knight uh, called Into the Night. Definitely check that out if you're interested in Moon Knight. Uh, Our next piece of feedback is a piece of voicemail feedback that comes from Ryan, uh, who sent it in over on our website at DefendersTVPodcast.com.
2: How you doing, guys? Ryan here. Good to hear you all back for season two of Iron Fist. I'm going to give a quick review for episode one. Um, All in all, I liked it. You can tell they've spent time on the fight scenes, Finn Jones has definitely been practicing and you can tell by the less cut uh, scenes in a fight scene. So we all know that they do that to hide up stuff and uh, fair play. They've actually spent the time. And I think it was obviously widely said that they spent time doing that. Um, I like the fact that Danny's not dealing with the uh, ride enterprise side of things. He's kind of back on the streets and he wants to kind of get to know the people and, helping him removal company, although his boss would definitely not be happy with him the way he, he, you know what, blocked him and just stepped in the situation. But I've got a feeling that that's probably a character that we're going to see in later episodes. Uh, good to see Joy and Ward back. Don't know how Danny was so calm with Joy. I could definitely tell something was up there and we were proved by that when she went to meet up with Davos later on in the episode. Uh, Davos's stories were going to be a bit interesting, see what happens. Hopefully, I think we're going to get a bit of a background. I only watched one trailer, by the way. I was stung by Jessica Jones. So I've only watched one trailer and um, I have a feeling we might see some stuff to do with Davos. But all in all, good start to the season. Liking it so far. Loving your review and speak to you soon, guys. Take care.
0: Thanks so much for that, Ryan. Yeah, totally agree with you on the fight scenes for this season. I know uh, we always talked about it back in season one that, unfortunately, um, Finn Jones didn't get a huge amount of training time before season one started. I think it was somewhere in the region of about three weeks. So by the end of the season, he'd done about six or seven months of fight training, whereas this time he's had a couple of months of training these individual scenes. So it does really show through.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. And I think it's a testament to the new fight coordinator, That you know he's getting them to do the fights, so he's really ingraining it into them. Um, You know, in the same way as learning the lines, it's that repetition, and it and it really shows. Um, And and it's nice to see. Uh, Absolutely agree. Loving sort of the street level, uh, moving into Chinatown or making Chinatown, I would say, more of a focus Mm -hmm. uh, for for this character. Uh, That's really good. Yeah, Davos. um, I just love his deadpan. And um, delivery of some of the most virtuous thoughts ever you know he um he is really showing his fanatical disciplined puritanical kind of self yeah so really enjoying that and uh, yeah i mean davos is going to be uh massive for this season really and how that comes across so yeah thank you so much for the voicemail ryan mm-hmm. you know voicemail is a great way to to send in feedback everyone so if you want to send in some feedback please head on over to DefendersTVPodcast.com and go to the voicemail tab on the right-hand section uh, to leave 90 Seconds of your thoughts or discussion points
0: absolutely absolutely thanks so much Ryan let's get on to some feedback from our Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash Defenders TV podcast Jamie Young says I love how this episode gets right into the thick of things much better set up than the first episode of season one I think Davos is so serious and intense can't wait to see more of Typhoid Mary what exactly is Joy plotting I've ordered Chinese food and I'm about to press play for episode two I love Marvel Netflix weekends totally agree with you Jamie Marvel Netflix weekends are definitely the best weekends out there aren't they really, really really
1: they really are and absolutely agree you know with typhoid mary and with joy i can't wait to see what these two ladies are up to mm-hmm. in this uh, series yeah yeah selima kisler over on facebook says i liked episode one but why are joy and davos such brats <laughs> about your review podcast for episode one i don't think jerry hogarth is working for joy i think she's loyal to danny Good point regarding Joy's anger, but I think it's misdirected. Ward was under Harold's thumb the entire time Harold was alive in secret and Harold forbid him from telling Joy. I don't think Ward liked keeping it from his sister and was already crushing him inside. And for Danny needing to learn what it's like to have everything ripped from him. I, I agree uh, Salim you know I th- I think joy's anger is misdirected however much she feels pained by what happened um, and, and certainly I think you know that comes out uh, within these these episodes and, and th- a bit further along in the series for right, sure right. it's really become maybe a sticking point for her and she yeah. can't see past it at all and um, and it's interesting you bring up Jerry Hogarth as well because you know we haven't talked about Jerry much um so far uh, and it's a shame we haven't got her in the series up yeah. to uh, this point um and I'm I'm just wondering whether we will see her here you know we do know she's kept the big Rand Enterprises contract but it would be absolutely fabulous to see Jerry Hogarth uh, still within the the Iron Fist canon on Marvel Netflix
0: yeah yeah I think this just comes from the kind of joke that I was making in the first episode as to whether Joy was being represented by Jerry when she went up against Rand Enterprises but as you pointed out back then uh, she works for Rand Enterprises and has the Rand Enterprises contract so pretty unlikely that she was working for for Joy but it would have been nice to see her Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robert Phillips uh, says, Great opener.
1: I was a little nervous given season one and hoped we would get the Defenders version of him. And we did. Cool, calm, and confident in a Chinese restaurant with food or fists. Now we don't have whiskey or books, but are we having Wine Watch this season, John Harrison? And what's going on with the stubble beard transitional facial her thing? Um... That is true. There is a lot of wine being poured from that island unit in the dojo. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe uh, we could do a wine watch, actually, but I suspect it would be a lot of
0: uh, Pinot Noir. I think we've missed out on it, haven't we? I think we've missed wine watch. I think watch, we have, yeah. And, Great there,
1: and certainly Stubble Watch would be interesting because <laughs> he is certainly looking a little more... Uh, Clean-cooked in Season 2 is Danny Rand. Um, you know, saw a, a few episodes of Season 1, and he was a little more raggedy, oh, yeah. uh, for sure. So he has uh, sharpened up, dare I say it. Yeah. Um, not only with regards to his cool, calm, and confident uh, approach to both food and food, and fighting uh-huh. but also with the wild barnet um with <laughs> regards to his hair and yep. indeed his his beard yeah
0: absolutely i think he's moved on from hobo danny to uh, boyfriend danny um, being taken care of a little bit more taking care of himself a little bit more now that he's living with colleen i think that's where we are now uh, thanks so much for that feedback robert yeah thanks robert for the feedback always great to hear from you Jim Carrey also has some feedback about episode one. He says, Much better episode pacing. The opening action was great because it was action, but I was a bit bugged by the discrepancies and was taken out of it a lot. The worst of it is there's an aerial view of Danny facing the truck. Then it shows the truck speeding towards him and him running towards the truck, speeding, running, running, speeding. As an aside, I think a martial arts dude would be trained not to expend energy and wait for it. Wait for it. Anyway, they're still speeding, speeding and running and running. Come on, that aerial view didn't have them in different burrows. I'm kind of setting aside that a powerful fist would not do what that did to his truck. He's not Megasonic Hyper Emo Splodo Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Next, Danny is hiding behind the bulletproof door of the truck. He waits till the guys reload, um, both of them at once. Oh well. Then he opens the metal door real fast on a guy who really had no reason to get closer to the door since Danny just peeked out. What does he have? Radar sense now? More curmudgeonly comments from me later, maybe. But I'm liking it after episode 2 so far, and since I don't know much about mary i'm intrigued by her
1: excellent thank you jim yeah totally uh agree with you on mary um, i'm really intrigued by her i don't know a lot about typhoid mary yeah i was really excited uh, by the potential that she could be in jessica jones to learn a bit more about her um in terms of the brother sister pairing uh, above uh, jessica jones's flat so it's really good to see her here In Iron Fist, and so far, I'm really liking uh, that. In in terms of the the action, I'm really liking the action. I mean, I suppose some of these choices in terms of how they frame the action or how he tackles people with guns will be interesting. I I think one of the points in in the first episodes on the podcast was that you know we do know that his Iron Fist can uh, block bullets, but I suppose when up against Um, a semi-automatic machine gun he probably does need that bulletproof door (laughs) of the armored van Uh, so yeah I can kind of see uh, what you mean but I am really liking the action and I do like the Megasonic Hyper Emo Splodo
0: Girl uh, reference (laughs) excellent Excellent stuff. Yeah, I'm really liking the action. I think it was really good to have a huge scene of action at the beginning of the episode. And these things are like dances, you know. you got to see them the way they're being put on screen. You know, possibly he'd be doing something different if it was real life. But this is supposed to be an exciting opener for the episode. And I think it accomplished that. But thanks so much for that, Jim. On to episode two, Doug Green says, Mary is creepy as hell. I was not expecting the Danny Davos flashback to fight to happen here. I thought we'd see it in episode six or something. Or they'd maybe piece it out over the entire season. I am so glad they brought that fight up front. It's really good to see that fight between Davos and Danny uh, up in the second episode uh, in Kunlun. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks,
1: Doug, for the feedback. I, I, I agree. Mary is creepy and a bit like with um, Jim's feedback. I'm intrigued by her. I want to see how Murray uh, is in this series. So far, really enjoying how she's being portrayed. And certainly... Um, I think the great thing about this series so far is so much has happened up front. Mm-hmm. Like you say, this uh, Danny Davos flashback to the fight to challenge Xiao Lao. You know, in the in episode two, really bringing it to the fore in the same way that for episode one we got Mary in episode one. She's there in episode two. They're bringing this character uh straight to the fore of the series as well as davos and joy and what they're plotting so really really good i'm really enjoying that sort of bold approach by the showrunner also on for episode two jamie young says my biggest complaint about season one was not enough con or insight into danny and davos's relationship so i'm really glad we didn't have to wait long to see that flashback i love how it was interwoven into the episode and so bloody more flashbacks please Yeah, the Kunlun stuff so far has been great. I think there was a lot from ourselves on Defenders TV podcast, the fact that we really wanted to see uh, Kunlun Mm -hmm. and see it in terms of Danny and Davos. Uh, Even, I think, I certainly wanted to see Madame Gao's relationship to to that magical, mystical city. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really good seeing a real grand... Uh, fight arena uh, with these two in it, and I, I hope we see more of Conlon uh, and to get an insight as to why the city is so important, why does it drive Davos the way it does, and the way it should drive danny um, you know it, it it's a bit like Gotham in a sense it 's a fundamental part this city of of Danny's personality and characteristics. Uh-huh. So uh, it's really important that we see Kun Lun, And you're right, season one didn't have enough of that. Uh, and it's good to be getting some really nice snippets uh, of uh, Kun Lun and the people from Kun Lun, mm-hmm.
0: including Danny and Davos, now in season two so long may it continue absolutely yeah definitely took that learning from season one i think uh, really enjoyable and finally for this feedback section a bit on episode three this episode we just talked about uh, jamie young says that was destined to be the most awkward dinner ever and it didn't disappoint i definitely understand joy's pain and anger but i really want to know what she's up to she's coming across as powerful and dangerous which is a stark contrast from her innocence and vulnerability in season one I was wondering how Mary would tie into the rest of the plot. I like how we're only getting short but very intriguing scenes with her. The suspense is killing me. Thanks for like, so that, Jamie. Yeah, Joy does feel a lot more dangerous this season. It feels like she's been groomed a little bit by Davos um, to be this much more powerful kind of person. Um, doesn't seem as vulnerable as she was in season one, although she was quite a strong character in season one, um, but she doesn't seem as vulnerable as she let herself be in season one. I think that's part of how much she's hardened by the death of her father and by her actions now to take... Retribution on Danny and Ward. I think that that's where we're kind of what we're kind of seeing in there. No, absolutely. She
1: is definitely um, a lady with a focus um, and a focus of revenge. And certainly, I think she has been uh, conditioned to really look out for herself. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I also do think uh, one of the great things about the way Joy is being portrayed is there's a few moments that just link her back to her character in, in season one. I think, in particular for me uh it was from episode one of the series so far where you know she arranges the meeting with Danny and with her brother Ward, and after that, when she's speaking with Davos, she says he was kind to me um you know, and Davos does think that maybe she um is reconsidering what they're going to do now she doesn't know and and I would say more of that will get explained uh later on in the series, but it's a nice little kind of touch point back to her relationship with Danny, which was very brotherly sisterly, uh, much more so than with her biological brother Ward. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's a nice little
0: touchback point, I think, for the character. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if we'll see any m this season. Mm, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the feedback section. Thanks so much for all that feedback. As you can see, our fellow Defenders are watching the episodes in all different ways over this weekend and probably will be over the course of the season. If you want to send any feedback at all to us, regardless of what episode it is, just mark it with the episode number and send it into feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com. We do this because we love hearing from you guys. We love hearing your thoughts on the individual episodes. If there's anything we missed out, let us know. We'll talk about it in our feedback sections in upcoming episodes. Or if you want to do what these guys did, pop on over to our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash podcast, And we'll have spoiler posts up for each of the episodes where you can pop in your thoughts and talk to the other fellow Defenders about theirs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for all the feedback and keep it coming on in. Yes. And remember, you can join us on any magical or mystical podcast catcher of your choice to listen to our coverage of season two of Iron Fist by heading on over to com and going to the subscribe section where you can grab Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, mm-hmm. Stitcher or any other podcast catcher of your choice please uh, subscribe rate
0: us uh, and leave a review sharing the podcast is absolutely sharing the love thanks so much for joining us we'll be back with our next podcast which is on iron fist 204 target iron fist that should be coming out on tuesday the 11th of september might be a little bit before that but should be out on tuesday the 11th i'm looking forward to watching that one
1: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds very military. Um, It feels like there's an airstrike coming in on
0: Iron Fist. Mm -hmm. So let's see what happens. Can't wait to catch Episode 4. Thanks so much for joining us, fellow Defenders. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Thank you so much for joining us, fellow Defenders. As always, it is a pleasure speaking with you. I'm off to find whatever blows my skirt up. Um, And once I'm back and I'm properly attired and dressed, following my skirt being blown up. We'll (laughs) speak with you again next time. Bye. Bye.